Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today podcast, part of the In Ohio Country Today TV show. I'm Big Dan Wilson, and this week our feature stories come from the Ohio No-Till Conference. Our guests include Jan Lehman, president of the Ohio No-Till Council, also Bill Chain from the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. We're going to talk about similarities between what's happening water quality-wise at the Chesapeake Bay area and Lake Erie and what we're experiencing here in the Buckeye State. Also, Mike Mike Eastad from the Ohio State University Extension Pickaway County Office. Mike's going to talk about carbon markets and bring us up to date with those new carbon programs. We'll have those feature stories and more this week in Ohio Country Today. Take your much-needed break this off-season and schedule your repairs with Apple Farm Services Winter Fix Special. Take advantage of free pickup and delivery for the first 30 miles, plus 10% off all installed parts. Tune up or repair your ag equipment, construction equipment, or lawn and garden equipment. All could be scheduled for free pickup and delivery and 10% off installed parts. Hurry and call today to schedule your off-season inspections and repairs. It's the Winter Fix Special at your local Apple Farm Service. Allen Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider. A business owner and an active farmer. No one knows farmers' needs better than Allen. Give them a call today at 419-738-7447 for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection, and more. Call 419-738-7447 with offices in Lima, Wapakoneta, and Minster. Or check us out on the web at allendavisinsurance.com. Welcome back to In Ohio Country Today. Joining me now is Jan Lehman from Hardin County. And Jan, we're at the Ohio No-Till Conference. Why don't you talk a little bit about your participation in No-Till here in the Buckeye State? So we've uh, been involved in No-Till for probably 30 or 35 years. And uh, we, we started No-Tilling when we got into a labor bind on the farm and uh, thought that was a way to, to cut out some trips and cut out some equipment requirements. So that's when we started, and then I have a, a good friend and neighbor that was involved with this group for a lot of years, Gary Schick, and lives a couple miles from me, and so we've been able to bounce ideas off of one another, and he was involved in this group, and they were looking for some additional help, so I kind of volunteered. This is one of these things that's a volunteer job, you know, and they're probably a lifetime appointment if you don't if you don't watch. So so that's, that's the reason we got involved, and I'm... I'm a mouthpiece for him, I guess, as much as anything. So, Well, the nice thing is I, I know you're involved in the Ohio Soybean Council. You're involved in so many things. Being proactive is what it's all about. And what we're trying to learn here today through this conference is to make sure that communication gets out and people can continue to use these practices and improve on these practices, especially when it comes to water quality here in the Buckeye State, right? You know, that's a big deal. And that, as I spoke earlier, I think we need to get out in front of this because if we do not, we're going to be told what to do. If we don't voluntarily do it, we're going to be told what to do. So I grew up, my folks were of the opinion that you gave back to your community and instilled a, a sense of service to the community, and, and I have two older brothers. And so we've all been involved and and became, an, I, my dad passed away when I was in high school, so I became involved at an early age. and. So consequently, I've been involved a lot longer than folks my age might be because I started early. 
Well, you talk about this particular practice. It started probably in the 70s, right? Yeah, and it's and 60s. it's it, and it's kind of evolved. But what is making it so important today, especially when it comes to the practice in farmers who aren't practicing no-till? So I think what is the you know water quality is a big deal and becoming bigger and bigger and bigger as we look at these areas that are low uh, are in drought areas and their dams are low you know for instance behind the Hoover Dam Lake Lake Mead and some of those are record low since they were built you know this groundwater doesn't replenish right away you know some of that was prehistoric water and as we use it up it's not going to be replenished in anybody's lifetime so that's a big deal the the cost of inputs is a big deal and if you can if you can do a better job managing inputs and and do some subsurface application or some in-row application that that you reduce the amount of nutrients, it helps on the bottom line. So they started a new group a couple of years ago, and I was on the inaugural board of it, and it's called the Ohio Agricultural Conservation Initiative. So it's OACI, mm-hmm. and it was to do with this H2 Ohio program that the governor pushed. So it's a water quality initiative, initiative put together by all the commodity groups uh, as well as the as the other farmer groups uh, I'm, I'm talking uh, uh, Farm Bureau and American Farmland Trust and corn and soybean and all the livestock groups as well dairy and poultry and and pork and beef they're all communicating and so this board is a consortium of all those and it's to try to get this out into each county I think my particular county, I think there's 70 contracts in that in that county. So that's going to probably cover a big multitude of the acres because some of those are large large scale operations. So when you when you put 10 or 12 of those guys together, they all of a sudden maybe are, you know, a fourth or a third of the acres in the county. Where does Hardin County land as far as the watershed is concerned? Is it a Lake Erie watershed or is it Scioto? It's actually Lake split. Yeah. Hardin County's actually no split. Yeah. Uh, the north half of the county, the Continental Divide runs right through Kenton, which is, a, which is the county seat. Right. So about the north half, roughly the north half of the county is in the Lake Erie watershed. And that's also northwest ordinance on land division, so it's square miles there. Oh, wow. The south part of the county is in the Scioto watershed, most of it, Scioto watershed, and that was also Virginia military survey, so the, the tracks are irregular shaped and they follow Indian trails or whatever. And then a southwest corner of Hardin County is actually in the Lake Erie, wa- or the Indian Lake watershed, oh, yeah. which goes to the, the Miami River. They had, so the south half of the county all ends up in the Gulf, but some of it goes through the Scioto, and some of it goes down to Miami. You know, Jan, I heard you speak uh, while you were standing there uh, uh, earlier today about the Indian Lake uh, situation. Can you talk a little bit further about that as far as how that uh, uh, plays into a no-till situation around the lake there? Sure. Uh, we were involved in that watershed program, and I want to say it was in the 90s. Uh, we farmed... At the time, maybe six or seven hundred acres in that watershed, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a three-county watershed. Portions of three counties: Hardin, Logan, and Auglaize. And uh, they had a federal program to try to clean up the lake. It it had gotten dirty, and you know the water clarity was nasty in it. And so they did a lot of things. They did 
uh, no-till equipment buy-downs. They promoted no-till. They promoted uh, stream fencing to fence cattle out of the lakes or out of the streams so they didn't stir up mud. And uh, they did a lot of things along that line and uh, it was very beneficial. It's been a long-term program, but the lake now has as water clarity and like I said they got an unintended consequence you know we had an unintended consequence this year the the water is so clear that it promoted a weed growth so you know there's there's is there something that could be done about that yeah, I, I know there was some dredging going on yeah they were using the equipment well I don't know what the progress is they're still scratching their head but I know this that's probably the playground for the for the bulk of the money in Ohio and so there's going to be there's going to be a solution come about because the ODNR is going to throw money at it till they get a solution there are some chemicals that you could use that would kill those weeds but you have to be very careful doing that if you kill too many at a time, you deplete the oxygen in the water, you kill the fish. Right. So now, you know, this is a tight wire, tight wire gig here to try to figure that out. Right. So I'm sure they'll figure it out because there's a lot of smart folks looking at working on it. But, yeah, no question but, but the, so that was that portion. The Scioto River is starting to have some watershed programs there. Good. The, the, oh, the H2 Ohio, that actually was for the Western Lake Erie Basin, the beginning of it. Right. But what they did was, since Hardin County was split, rather than try to follow that watershed line, they made the entire county eligible. So they were one of the counties that were added after the fact, right? No, we were one of the first counties. Oh, okay, good. There, now there's been an expansion. Excuse me. There's been an expansion since it added another 14 counties, but that was mostly to the east. Right. Timocti watershed and some of those like Wyandotte County and yes. over into Crawford County and some of those. So they haven't really gone into the Scioto watershed yet. Okay. So. Uh, Jan, if people want more information about no-till, uh, what are some of the resources that are out there that our viewers throughout the Buckeye State can uh, can go to? Well, we have a website, Ohio No-Till Council, and uh, there's some interesting stuff on there. Uh, there's another nice uh, uh, website, is a Blanchard River Demonstration Farms. Uh, I actually was in a little three-minute video on that, and uh, so they do a good job trying to help trying to help with that Lake Erie watershed. Uh, No-Till Farmer is a good, and they have a digital version, mm -hmm. so No-Till Farmer is a good resource. And, uh, you know, contact contact a neighbor or something if you're interested. Yeah, no question about it. Jan Lehman has been our guest, president of the Ohio No-Till Council. Jan, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for the time. And we'll be back with more in Ohio Country today right after this. Take your much-needed break this off-season and schedule your repairs with Apple Farm Services Winter Fix Special. Take advantage of free pickup and delivery for the first 30 miles, plus 10% off all installed parts. Tune up or repair your ag equipment, construction equipment, or lawn and garden equipment. All could be scheduled for free pickup and delivery and 10% off installed parts. Hurry and call today to schedule your off-season inspections and repairs. It's the Winter Fix Special at your local Apple Farm Service. It's a humble idea. Use a biological process to turn a plant into a power source. From that idea came the first Poet Refinery. One biorefinery in one town turned into 27 facilities in 27 towns, creating new local jobs, producing hundreds of millions of gallons of ethanol, and providing renewable products around the world. Suddenly, that one little idea seems a whole lot bigger. See the world differently with Poet. 
Allen Davis Insurance Agency is your solutions provider. A business owner and an active farmer, no one knows farmers' needs better than Allen. Give them a call today at 419-738-7447 for auto, home, life, business, recreational, total farm protection and more. Call 419-738-7447 with offices in Lima, Wapakoneta, and Minster. Or check us out on the web at allendavisinsurance.com. Dance Toy Shop is your one-stop shop for Christmas. Remote control land, air, and watercraft. Trains, models, and toys for every age. Come to Dance Toy Shop and pick up something exciting for Christmas. Dance Toy Shop in downtown Wapakoneta. Welcome back to In Ohio Country today. Big Dan Wilson alongside of Bill Chain from the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Bill, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. I was glad to be invited and glad to bring greetings really from the Chesapeake Bay watershed really to help Ohio and and talk with these no-tillers today about uh, some of the things that they might be able to do to enhance their local water quality. Some lessons learned frankly at the Chesapeake Bay. Well I'm sure you're familiar with our H2 Ohio program here in the Buckeye State to try to address those particular issues. What similarities can you draw from the Chesapeake Bay and and what we're facing here in the Buckeye State? Thanks for that question. I, I do see similarities between the H2 Ohio and the Chesapeake Bay program. Both require farmers to change and perhaps implement a practice, a conservation practice that they haven't frankly done in the past. Now we're here with the no-till council and I know a lot of those folks are already no-tilling and doing cover crop, but there's frankly another group of farmers that aren't here that uh, may not be doing those practices. And I think uh, both at the Chesapeake Bay and here in Ohio, our, our goal is to, to try and attract those farmers to new practices, but not only attract them, but be able to help them uh, find a win-win, both a win in conservation, but a win in their economic viability also. Uh, what were some of the specific issues that you were running into in the Chesapeake Bay uh, watershed? Well, in the Chesapeake Bay watershed, similar to Ohio, we're talking about nitrogen, phosphorus, and sediment. Uh, us environmentalists talk about sediment, but it's really topsoil. And uh, the importance of the farmer keeping topsoil on the farm can't be overstated. So I think uh, when we look at agronomic practices that include cover crop and no-tilling and filter strips and waterways and contour strips, all those practices that keep the soil in place for the farmer uh, creates a, a return for the farmer and a return for local water quality. Now let's talk about the crops that are in that area that are affecting the watersheds. Yeah, so... Uh, similar, similar to Ohio? Uh, similar but different. So as I, as I ride around in, in Ohio, I'm impressed with field size and flat and all those kinds of things. Um, I see corn, beans, and wheat, and that's an excellent rotation. In Pennsylvania, we, we probably would add to that with a great many more forage crops. And I guess depending on where you are in Ohio, uh, we're doing the same thing. Al alfalfa, uh, grass crops, grazing, uh, grazing management, all those practices, um, important. But uh, corn and beans, uh, and to, to some degree wheat, those are the crops where we have the greatest chance of, of uh, seeing uh, nutrients disappear from the field because those are the crops where we're putting the most nutrients on. 
and when you talk about the Chesapeake Bay, you're, you're always talking about seafood and all the wonderful things that you get from the bay, similar to the Lake Erie watershed, our fish quality and stuff like that. All that gets improved when we take care of our land. Yeah, and uh, we, we all live upstream from somebody. So I learned about in visiting Lake Erie that uh, the walleye are important. That's a very important uh, commercial and um, uh, sport fishing industry that uh, has uh, pays real dividends in the Chesapeake Bay. It's oysters and crabs, and uh, and and there's a great many people at the Chesapeake Bay uh, depending on farmers upstream to make sure the water quality moving down enhances those oysters and crabs. So let's talk about what you're here today to explain to the uh, group and what we can expect moving forward. Yeah. So my purpose today is really to kind of uh, compare notes. Uh, we've been at it at the Chesapeake Bay since 1983. So we've had fits and starts and, and uh, things that we know we can do better. One of the things that I know is important for success is farmer involvement. So uh, whether you're a farmer, whether you're part of the uh, support net network in the ag industry, seed sales or service, crop service, all, we need all hands on deck and we need that kind of leadership explaining what needs to happen uh, for farmers to be successful. Bill Chain has been our guest from the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Bill, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Pleasure. And we'll be back with more In Ohio Country today right after this. Midway Trailers is your source for Boss Snowplows. Boss Snowplows are tough, reliable, and efficient for every job. Remove more snow and ice and get jobs done faster with Boss Snowplows. Boss Snowplows are made of professional-grade equipment, offering optimal design for all conditions. Remember Midway Trailers as your source for Boss Snowplows. Check us out on the web at midwaytrailers.net. St. Mary's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has award-winning vehicles for both on and off the farm. And our Ag Pack incentives give you a powerful package of farm and ranch discounts and incentives worth thousands of dollars absolutely free. Stop by and see Dave Hager today, your Ag Commercial Specialist, and ask about the vehicles, discounts, and incentives in the St. Mary's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Ag Pack. You get straight talk, real service, and the right price. St. Mary's Chrysler. Welcome back to In Ohio Country today, and joining me now is Mike Eastat from The Ohio State University Extension. Mike, thanks for joining us again. Uh, great to be with you again. Yeah, the last time we caught up with you was at Alan Davis's annual risk management seminar back in the spring of last year. You're here at the Ohio No-Till Conference. Let's talk about what you're, you're speaking about again today. Well, we're going to basically, again, cover the whole issue of what I now term carbon programs. I think we were calling them carbon markets, but... Mm -hmm. Really, I think there's this evolution or a change into what I would consider these multitude of programs uh, that are coming at agriculture today. And I think one of the terms we've been using in at least the last year, year and a half, is like it's the wild, wild west. Well, I think I'm going to change that a little bit about. It's, and now it's, I would consider it's the gold rush because there's like a whole lot of money that is coming forward for conservation efforts. Uh, either through USDA, uh, the, even the Inflation Reduction Act, um, the Smart Commodities Program that was just announced here recently. So farmers and ag enterprises and, and, and firms are going to have a lot of opportunities to um, maybe take that step into conservation that may also make them eligible for some of these carbon uh, programs. 
So the programs and the markets that we talked about a year ago have drastically changed over the last 12 months. Do you see that uh, continuing every year, more and more changes? Where do you see this all going? Well, if I, I knew that, I, I'd be, yeah, I don't really <laughs> know if I have that crystal ball. Uh, but it, it's like any other n- new new business. There's different evolutions of it, and you know we had 1.0. We're probably 2.0 today. Um, carbon credit programs are having a hard time gaining some traction right now. I think it has a lot to do with world economics too. I think oh, yeah. a year ago when we spoke, you know, Russia hadn't invaded Ukraine yet, and we didn't have. Uh, uh, most of the EU worried about how they're going to heat their homes this winter, and that that changed a lot of things. And, and as far as uh, you know, food supply and issues related to supply chain have not so been solved yet. So a lot of the large, large potential buyers of carbon credits have, um, I'm not saying they have stopped, but they are they're chief financial officer is having a talk with their chief sustainability officer now you know so are we are we really ready to go out there and make that commitment to buy the credits and i think you're seeing companies um, looking at this whole issue of the scope three within that supply chain reduction of carbon as the as the entry level for a lot of the ag right now well, it really seems like, you know, from a fundamental standpoint, that it's more than just the United States. Yeah. This macroeconomic environment that we have to deal with certainly is going to play an effect on how it translates down to our farmers here in the Buckeye State. So what kind of information are you going to talk to these guys about here at the Ohio No-Till Conference? Well, I'm going to share, you know, the basics of how we've got to this point. Uh, I'm also going to share a little bit about you know, what's coming down the road as far as uh, opportunities to help reduce the risk of going into some of these conservation programs. I've heard it a lot today. These men and women are in the room today. Uh, they've been long-term no-tellers. They've been long-term cover crop people. And we, I'm hearing education. I've heard education. Don't give them the cost share without education, which, you know, for my organization might be a pretty good thing. Um, uh, I, I just think that the risk-reward as perceived by the agricultural community in these carbon markets or carbon programs is a you know they just are they're trying to do that cost benefit analysis right now and in 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 the increased amount of um, labor or or data management that is involved with this i just don't think farmers yet are ready for that and it's expensive you know some of this is expensive so some of the things that we're going to that there will be opportunities for farmers to um, get some of that cost share. I've heard that word cost share a lot today, and that's okay. Um, but uh, again, that's kind of, I'm going to share some of that and, uh, you know, talk about some of the, the reasons in, in the consumer demand uh, for a lower carbon footprint. I mean, I heard some of our speakers today saying, hey, we need to talk to the consumer. I heard that a little bit. Right. Hey, we need commercials, and, and, right. we need, and we need to have them understand, like, you may have to pay 5, 10, 15 cents more for something, but if there's a benefit to the environment, you know, that's where the win-win will be. And I think some of the the companies, the large companies, especially in the food industry, that are trying to reduce their um, supply chain carbon footprint uh, will be a, a benefit. And, and again, I heard the word, we got to stay profitable. So again, that's, that's kind of a little bit I'll share with people today. Yeah, and again, you know, we talk about the carbon footprint. We talk about the expense and all the things that are involved in that. The benefits of what it provides to the environment and to the land is really the ultimate goal, right? Sure. There's just the infrastructure's not there right now as far as uh, 
you know, how to measure the footprint too. Oh, there you go. Okay, there so, uh, you know, I'm, it's going to be a combination of blockchain, we know that, and, and, and some other things. And so I think there's hesitancy. Um, I'm not going to use, distrust might be a strong word, but I think farmers and, and ag producers want to feel confident that they're being treated fairly and that, and that, you know, what they're doing is, you know, is good. I think inherently I heard the word legacy. We want to leave this farm better, sure. you know, and, and I think that's important, but they still have to remain profitable. Yeah, and they don't want to be used yeah. from the standpoint of other people yeah. benefiting from this carbon yeah. monetary system. Yeah, I, I, you know, with all these different programs that are out there, I, it's uh, the, the word greenwashing is starting to come out a lot, and you know, our company's just trying to use yeah. uh, the carbon footprint as a way to sell product, and right. and I think there needs to be accountability, there has to be transparency, and there has to be some standardization within the system that everybody feels confident in themselves. Yeah, you always have some great stuff online for people to go to. So why don't you give them a website or a resource that they can go to to learn a little bit more about the carbon markets, carbon programs? Sure. So if uh, you want to go online, I would just maybe suggest you uh, go into a search engine and type in um, CFAES Knowledge Exchange, and that will take you to our repository. Uh, we do have our own Carbon Central page, and so as things uh, become available, we try to get those posted up there. And we'll have a link to that as far as the College of Food and Agricultural and Environmental Sciences is concerned at our website at inohiocountry.com. Mike Eastad has been our guest. Mike, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you very much. Have a good holiday. And we'll be back with more In Ohio Country today right after this. Die Real Estate and Land Company specializes in farmland and recreational land throughout Ohio. A company for people who enjoy the rural lifestyle and looking to buy or sell their land. All of our land agents are members of the Realtors Land Institute and have extensive experience in farming and agricultural land business. At Die Real Estate and Land Company, we'll work with you to tailor fit a plan that works best for you, your family, and your investments. Our services include 1031 tax deferred exchanges, land brokerage, land auctions, and CMAs and valuations for estates and planning. We are Die Real Estate and Land Company. Call us today and visit our website at dierealestate.com. Die Real Estate and Land Company. We know the land business because we live it every day. That's going to do it for this week's edition of In Ohio Country Today. I'm Big Dan Wilson, and our radio program, our TV show, and our podcast are all designed to offer news and information about the agricultural industry. Here in the Buckeye State, we celebrate farming and farming families. And for more information, check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and any of your favorite podcast stations. And once again, don't miss our award-winning TV show, seen weekly on a station near you. Once again, check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. That's inohiocountry.com. Have a good day, everybody.